Hello, and welcome to another episode of Conscripts Corner. We're building up quite the back catalogue now, aren't we? This week again, you're joined by our regimental commissar, Mike. How are you doing, Mike? I'm good, thank you, Hugh. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And as ever, I will be your humble conscript for the next few minutes, worrying and panicking about what to do, about what is a major force on the 40k scene. And that is just all of Space Marines. It's horrifying, isn't it, Mike? There's so many different things going on with Space Marines at the moment. Absolutely, Hugh. So we thought now might just be a good moment to review where Marines have been in 8th edition and now the sort of 9th edition, and then to maybe go through where we think they'll be going with their new codex. Exactly. And there's going to be a healthy dose of me panicking as to how my guardsmen are going to possibly deal with this new threat. Maybe this is where I switch to the uh, Adeptus Mechanicus to deal with it. But before we get into that, Mike, what have you been doing with your hobbying uh, practices for the past few weeks? Well, I think last time we recorded you, I was building a land raider at that point um, and restoring one. So I, I finished the land raider was the main thing I've been up to. It's turned up pretty well. I'm very pleased with it. It, uh, it. You can see it yourself if you go to Wolf Wargaming on Instagram. <laughs> casual plug, but, love it. Casual plug, or why not, right? But yeah. yeah, I think it's actually kind of fantastic in-game as well. So I've had uh, one or two games with it, and, and I'm quite impressed. That's really good to hear. I can confirm to all of our eager listeners that the paint job on that Land Raider is absolutely superb. The, the sea of gold you get with it is just excellent. It's exquisite. And you, it's very similar to a piece of movable terrain for you, isn't it, Mike? So it's doing the job for you and helping protect your custodians. Absolutely, Hugh. It's a great unit, to be honest now, especially in 9th edition, where transports are so much more viable than they once were. So as you say, it's quite a large, chunky piece, and it can act as sort of mobile terrain for you. And that came in quite key, actually, once or twice in the last game I had playing with it. So the last game I had with it was versus Tyranids. So it was a sort of standard shooty Tyranid list. So one of those lists with Hiveguard, which are the ignore line of sight guys who's at the back, but then also an Exocrine, and then some Tyranid warriors who had guns and also their close combat weapons. And then, of course, you had backing up some Hive Tyrants, some Zone Thropes, variety of other mobile pieces. So turn one, I could start that Land Raider on the line I did for myself, because I got a new half first turn. And then I deployed my unit of Guardians in it, and they could jump out and actually reach the objective because of the extra move you get from that disembark. And that allowed me to start doing actions turn one, so they planted a banner, for example, which I wouldn't have otherwise been able to do turn one. So I really like it for that reason. And then after that, it made to, on my turn, nuke a, uh, a big target. I think it was some big beast or other, with its four last cannons, which of course, with Trajan Valoris stood nearby, are four shots at hitting on twos, rerolling ones, and then strength nine, so rerolling most things on threes, rerolling ones to Trajan, and then even minus three and d6 damage, or with a one CP stratagem, two d6 choose the highest damage, which will actually nuke most sort of medium sized monsters and vehicles. That's excellent. Hearing las guns hitting, oh, sorry, las cannons hitting on that lower dice rolling as well, this makes me kind of sad. It's uh, <laughs> I just just wish I could do that, but maybe this well, is where I start playing it because they, yeah, yeah like, they're they're going to be reliably useful, which is just so weird. But yeah, yeah really excellent. Good. The best thing about it though is probably just as I say, its utility in blocking models. So once I've got my guardians out of it and they're on the objective doing actions that they want them to do, 
because of the size of the model, it actually is tall enough to block guardians. So it's got a 10 inch move and it just whizzes around the front of them, stands in the way so they can't be shot at. And then it just screens them up from being charged too. So they're going to keep being able to do their actions. So for example, um, it got charged by a hive tyrant, which is not an ideal situation for a land raider, but it did manage to just cling on on like two wounds or something left in uh, the end of the combat. And therefore, on my turn, because of the new rules, I could shoot in combat, and therefore I, uh, I did. And I took, I think, five wounds off the thing, which isn't bad. And then in my turn, it did kill me in melee, obviously, but I spent two CP to shoot on death. And shooting on death then managed to just about kill off the Hive Tyrant. So actually, that was a massively good investment, really, for, you know, 300 points. This is excellent, because I remember not that long ago, you just didn't see the point of having a land raider. But now, with different changes in what custodies can do and what the land raider can do in combat, I'm getting a feeling that you're a massive convert to its benefits. Well, I really am. And I mean, apart from everything else, it actually went down in points when the edition switched over. It was like 320-odd, and now it's 300. And given how much everything else in the game went up yeah. in points, that's quite a big drop, actually, in like percentage terms. And, and then, comparatively, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the extra rules it got from from uh, War of the Spider, and then on top of that, you know, being able transports in general being more viable this edition, there's actually quite a lot of benefit to it now. That's excellent. That's excellent. So, how did the rest of it go with the Nids? The Land Raider did what it needed to. What else happened? It did. So it was a really interesting game actually. I think it taught a few lessons again, right? By the end of the game, I was pretty much tabled. I had left, I think, uh, my bike captain. And the Guardian. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, that, that's small even for custodies, really, isn't it? It is even for custodies. That's quite small. But I won eighty-five twenty. Ah, right. Okay. So, so was, not that bad then. Not that bad then, right? So it's a weird one. I think the thing you have to learn with this new edition, more than any other edition of the game I've played, really, is that you've got to focus on scoring the points. It doesn't matter how many you kill of the opponent. If you're not scoring those points and dominating the middle of that board to get your primary objectives, you're not really going to win. There's no way you can get around it. So like I took strategic scan, which is a mission specific one. You have to control to the objectives. If you do an action on that objective, you get three points and it's five objectives. So you can max it out and then engage in all fronts. So again, not a killing one, I'm trying to be in all four table quarters. And the land raider really helped with that again, as the bikes. Excellent. And then um, banners. So I've not got many units that can do actions, but I had enough, right? So yeah. strategic scan can be done by any unit. So first turn, I ran up, as I say, my guardians onto two objectives and also bike captain. Bike captain did strategic scan. He's got his uh, invincibility aura on, essentially, with his two plus save, three plus in run, five plus feel no pain and nine wounds. So he's not really going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and he hopped around objectives all game doing strategic scan. My guardians walked up the board and did uh, did their banners on three objectives. And then because I was on three objectives, I was getting 15 points in the primary. So nice. whilst I was being wiped out here and there, I still had one or two objectives scored models on each objective, which were just giving me points. Exactly. So, I mean, this is this is the point at which I think uh, you realise what you need to do when you're playing 40k if you want to win. And this is what I realise for me is very much a novice in these things is when you do start playing towards the objectives and not just I want to kill that person's model. You do notice the difference in gameplay and it is like a whole new way of doing it because for years I was like, well, I'm going to try and kill the other enemy's models because that's almost your intuitive reaction, isn't it? 
Absolutely. So, I mean, my opponent actually took only took one kill objective from rightly, but also then took deploy scramblers and line breaker. So his mm. plan was he was going to put the zone throw in the backfield. Nice. Because as custodies, I don't really have anything to leave back in my no. zone, particularly without sacrificing a major unit. And then deep striker death leaper with them. So that's a character. So wrapped around the zone throws with the three plus in one save, it's probably quite hard to target it. And then between them, they're scoring behind enemy lines each turn they're there. And the zone three will be able to do their, um, will be able to deploy scramblers once and that should get him the 10 points there. But what I did was, he decided, I think his key mistake he made actually was, he decided to not scramble on the first turn, but instead try and get a big smite off. So his zone three do like three plus D3 damage on their smite. So they're nice. quite dangerous to custodians. Definitely. So in exchange for like killing one and a half custodians, I then walked my Alaris Terminators back and then touched them. So I wasn't going to kill them particularly well. And I mean, that's like a 400-point unit that I'd walked back and wasn't doing anything with the rest of the game. But that denied him being able to deploy scramblers because you can't start it. It was an enemy in engagement range. Nice. So that lost him 10 points there. And yeah. that was that. So yeah. again, it's focus on objectives over killing things. Yeah, so you got your secondaries and objectives and also removed the possibility of him getting his so yeah, sounds exactly like yeah that, exactly you, you, pl- you played both sides there which is exactly what you need to do so we can all learn something from commissar mike which is what we like to know but yeah i mean in terms of what i've been up to uh basically just finishing off those scions and i'm really really pleased with them i think it might be this isn't saying they're any good but it's probably the best painting i've ever done because i've had the time <laughs> to properly devote to them so i think they're almost acceptable uh, is no, uh, the very serious yeah. new techniques for painting too haven't yeah you? exactly yeah crazy like I've, I've used both of my brushes <laughs> So we're we're building up to uh, maybe them being acceptable, which is quite nice. So, yeah, who knows when they'll actually see the field? Might be a few months. But when we do have proper games in future, they'll be good to go. But I've been told that the next time I might be able to play, there could be Marines there, which takes us nicely on to what we actually need to talk about today, which is what do I need to do about Marines? What's going on? What's new? And that's going to be a big panic mode, I think, for the Imperial Guard or Astra Militarum, because I'm not really sure what counters I'm going to have to that. So what's going on with Marines, Mike? Well, Marines are in a really interesting place, aren't they, right now? So Marines last edition, right, had a really bad first half of the edition. They, when they first came out, the, they were the first book out the gates, you know, mm. they were, were the victim of power creep, really. Games Workshop decided that their initial builds of Literally three Storm Talon gunships with Gilliman in the centre walking up the board, blasting everything, wasn't cool and good for the game, weirdly. So instead of that, they, they nuked out of the game, and then Marines sort of languished for about a year, a year and a half, without any really good builds. And then Games Workshop, about this time last year, actually, decided they were going to give Marines a huge boost. <laughs> they, tried, they tried to boost them a couple of times, and nothing had quite worked. They gave them a couple of boosts here and there, like allowing them, if they stood still, to rapid fire at full range giving them plus more attack on the charge. Small things that did something, but didn't quite bring them up to top tier. And Games Workshop obviously wants the you know, flagship models and army to be at the top. And um, they went slightly too far, is what happened then. So <laughs> they released the book, and everyone was like, that's actually really strong, actually. A good <laughs> and then they released a supplement as well for each of the six first founding chapters that aren't, you know properly different to the main line, so not for Blood Angels, Dark Angels, or Space Wolves, but the rest of them. And the Ultramarines and White Scars came out, and we were all like, oh, they're quite strong, aren't they? I played them a couple of times in tournaments around that time, yeah. and I think 1-1 one, one lost one versus Ultramarines both times. Yeah. Um, 
they were kind good. of fine, isn't it? Yeah, it's fine. They were top tier, but they weren't so top tier that they were <laughs> disgusting and broken. Yeah. And then they brought the next wave out, um, and that was a mistake. So they released Iron Hands on Iron Hands at launch. I, I I never got the joy of facing it, which is a shame. But um, <laughs> just just to but, enjoy the trauma, I hear from but, the but Iron they Hands. Had, they had ridiculous things like you know triple repulsor executioner build, which all had a five plus in one save because why not? And then also had a six plus feel no pain because again they were Iron Hands. Yeah. And then they could all re-roll all to hit and wound rolls, and one of them would be on two, and it was it was a lot. It, and then they were they immediately just within two weeks of releasing it, they issued an FAQ and were like, "Yeah, we this is stupid. This is wrong. <laughs> this is a mistake. We are sorry." It won, I think, eight out of the nine events that were that that weekend of release. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know it's fair when that's happening, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was something. It, it was something like a uh, nearly an eighty percent win rate, I believe, at the nice. time. Which is which is silly. So yes. that happened. Yes, it they is. They nerfed that, and it sort of simmered in the background. They released the other two books. They released Raven Garland. They released Salamanders. And uh, what they did with these books was they made each of the marine armies play properly differently to each other, which is really really cool and flavorful. It's very fluffy, isn't it? It's the, great, right? Big difference. So that that's kind of nice. But stacking those rules onto models, which already in the main book on its own was good was was a mistake again so yeah. you had things like the raven guard centurion build which was mental i played against and was uh, harshly defeated with a guy called vic Vijay, who's actually number one in the uk at the minute in the itc excellent but, um it was first round of a tournament it was not a not a great draw um never mind. But, <laughs> yeah yeah you, you you weren't gonna be optimistic going into that one were you i wasn't he'd i think the previous weekend he won the london gt so Ooh, you know, yeah um, yeah, good, yeah. good player. And then anyway, this build it was um, you deep strike because why not? They're really stealthy. A, uh, a load Obviously. of uh, of centurions with with assault drills who put out you know a squad puts out something like I don't know 140 bolter shots, AP minus one, um, oh, at 12 inches, and they deep strike next to you, and then they charge you, and they've got you know strength 10, AP minus four, flat three damage, melee yeah. weapons, and then they just win. Yeah. I, 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 there's some player had us custodians against it. You could do things like try and deny them getting in. I denied them getting in for like two turns by trying to block them off with Palace, which have got a minus two to charge or um, throwing yeah. a tank grenade for minus D sixty charges. It was it wasn't enough because the bolter no. shots deleted all the tanks and then he just charged what was left. So that was that was that. Well, so sim- simple things like that, isn't it, where bolters are now that effective and they can <laughs> wipe tanks and that volume exactly. and weight of fire. Because when I roll up 140 lasgun shots, I just kind of get a disapproving look from my opponent. They're kind of tired of it and they know nothing's going to happen. Whereas 140 bolter shots is terrifying, really. Well, it is when it's AP minus one as well, right? So yeah. you're only like a four plus save. You are going to start failing them. Um, especially if you're next to a chapter master, so you re-roll all to hit rolls, <laughs> which is great. So that was a thing. And then at LVO this year in January, just before, you know, in the before times, the end of the before times, <laughs> we, um, we saw... The before times, when innocence yeah. was still there. Yeah. So we saw the uh, Florida lot. So yes. that Nick Manavarti and it includes uh, John Lennon and a few of the others. And of course, Richard Siegler all showed up to RBO with an Iron Hands list they'd written together, which featured a Leviathan Dreadnought, which was literally <laughs> unkillable, alongside a bunch of Iron Hands intercessors with a five plus uh, in one save and a five plus female pain. 
which um, won, weirdly. So <laughs> How bizarre. How bizarre. So, I mean, two of those lists making the top eight out of, you know, a literally at a, an 800-man tournament yeah. um, shows you that it's probably broken. So following that, GW actually nerfed that list into oblivion. They were like, no, we can't have this. This is stupid. And yeah. they also got rid of the Deep Striking Centurions, which good. was good. And yeah. then we had no tournaments for like three months. So no. that was that. Which put everyone in a bit of a weird spot, really, not knowing where Marines were. And then, of course, ninth edition launch, which is where we see ourselves today. Yeah. So before we crack on to what Marines look like now, then, in terms of Indomitus, how does that change what's going forward then? What units are we going to be seeing coming out of Indomitus that are going to be regular Marine staples? Yeah, so obviously they released Indomitus, which was our new box set, right? Yeah. With the launch of ninth edition. And in that, they included, you know, half a dozen new marine units, as you do every time you launch a box set. So <laughs> we, the main ones from that, which you're going to see everywhere, are Blade Guard, Outriders, the Judicia, and of course, actually, the Eradicators. Excellent. Now, we'll start with Blade Guard, because Blade Guard showcase some of the interesting changes that are going to be coming to all Imperium armies in the near future, actually. So Blade Guard are, you know three wound infantry with uh, three attack space and they've got a power sword but that power sword is a master crafted power sword and has a new profile so it's plus one strength and it's also two damage so they're strength five two damage when attacking they all have heavy bolt pistols which is fine and they all had storm shields but storm shields in blade guard were a four plus in one save and plus one to your armor save yeah now that's very different to what they were before which was just a three plus in one save and that change will be rolled out to all Imperium armies in the near future. Oh, really? Yeah. So custodians are very excited about this, just as a little tangent, because <laughs> we get plus one to all inbun saves base, so we'll still yeah. get a three plus inbun save, but our troops will also have a one plus armor save. Oh, God. Um, which is not a one plus armor save in the broken way, but just means we ignore AP minus one on them, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, if, if they're in cover, they essentially just ignore AP minus two. Which yeah. is fab. that's going to be quite special, actually. That's uh, really exciting. You might well see Custodian's builds, which are just like, here is 30 Guardians with Storm Shields. Yeah. No, I'm that... going to hold those objectives, and, and that's my game. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to playing against that, really. I'm definitely <laughs> going to try it out, Hugh. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, um, I know you are. <laughs> this is what concerns me about it. I'm not sure that that itself will be like the competitive build from Custodian's, but you might see people starting to take, you know, yeah. That uh, three by three custodians with shields again as like the core of the army rather than just taking you know one or two guardian squads you might say three or four. Um, yeah. But yeah, really interesting. So that's cool. But in marines, these blade guard are actually really interesting. So you can fit two squads of three in an impulsor because they carry six, or yeah. you can fit one squad and a couple of characters, which is nice. Um, but with being three attacks on the general dudes and four attacks on the sergeant. When they're charging, because they're Marines, remember, they're yeah. all getting uh, four or five attacks. So actually you're then up to this little squad of three uh, spitting up 13 attacks on the charge, which is decent. Yeah. And then there's an Ancient you can buy for them specifically, which gives them plus one to hit, which is nice. <laughs> and then if they're Blood Angels, for example, which we're not talking about today much, but you'd have plus one to wound. If you are Salamanders, you could spend a CP to give them plus one to wound. <laughs> and another CP to give them plus one strength, which is nice yeah um there's there's lots of play in there essentially there's lots of really interesting strategies to boost them up if yeah. you're um white scars for example you can because you're white scars fall back and charge so you can ping pong around nice. and then from turn three onwards you're going to get your bonus to your doctrines 
which will make them flat three damage instead. So that starts to become quite scary at that point. Yeah, it really does. Especially if you're next to Corsario Khan, you give some plus one to wound. Yeah. So there's lots of little buffs that you can get from Marines, which gives some some quite scary potential, essentially. And so about everything else, the tough little objectives holders, right? You could yeah. just have like, the squad or deep strike them with your Raven Guard, and then yeah. be like, well, I've got you know three bodies on this objective with three wounds each and a two plus save. Shift it. Yeah, so they're good units already, and then depending on what kind of flavour of Space Marine you want to play as, they then get these lovely bonuses on top of them as well. Well, they're only 35 points here. Yeah. I don't know why they're 35 points on them, but they Ah, are. That's that's very cheap. It is, isn't it? So that's cool. And then they've got Outriders, which are the very cool Primaris bikers, which is really exciting. I like Outriders. They're a a very cool unit. Yeah, they really um, are. We we all want to ride one of these bikes in the 41st millennium, really. It's going on. They're they're lovely models. They are. They're a bit low to the ground, but I mean, sure. Um, (laughs) But um, again, so Marines have had another change to their weapon profiles. So Astartes chainsaws are now AP-1, which is quite good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So they've now got four wounds because they're pretending to be Cassodes, I assume. I don't know why they've got four <laughs> wounds, but they've got four wounds. They're, they're um, gold on the inside, Mike. That's what matters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so with their, um, they've got three attacks based model, but then with the Astartes Chainsword and with a special rule because they're Outriders, which is great. <laughs> if this makes a charge move, it says this special will devastating charge add two to the attacks characteristic of the models in this unit till the end of the turn. So you have two attacks space. When they charge, you get another two attacks each. So that's four attacks each. Then they get a plus one attack for the chain sword. So that's five attacks. And they get plus one attack on the charge for being a space marine. So that's six attacks each base. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a lot. That is a lot. It's a lot, isn't it? And again, you can stack that with all the buffs we've talked about. And apart from anything else, there are 14-inch move units which can go and grab uh, engagement fronts quite easily, turn one or turn two. Yeah, they're going to allow you a lot of movement on the board, aren't they? Just to really dictate the pace of play for your opponent. Yeah, exactly that. And also, they auto-advance six inches. So in White Scars, you can move and still shoot. uh, Advance and still shoot, sorry, with normal weapons for a CP. So again, they can move 20 inches, grab a corner for engagement fronts, get you that fourth quarter turn one, and then also do some damage too. Yeah. And all white scars can advance and charge, so they go 20 inches, then they charge. Yeah, that's quite good. Is there yeah, going to be a variant where you've got just as many outriders as possible as you can fit into a white scar army, do you think? I mean, that could well, be quite fun. Thankfully, they've limited them currently to three models per unit. I am nice. really praying they keep it that way. If they go up to six per unit, you'll see 18 outrider white scars armies quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah, because because they're that good. Because they're 45 points per model for some reason, so. Yeah, yeah, because they can fulfil a very similar role to what your bikers do for custodies, can't they? Mike? Yeah, absolutely right. So for my custodies bikers, you get two of these for every one custodies biker, and I take <laughs> five quite regularly. I mean, if I was playing white scars, I could happily take nine. Yeah. Uh, for like a quarter of your army, it'll be, but that's going to provide you a lot of mobility. It'll provide you some quite devastating charges. Yeah. Um, and then it's uh, also quite good at grabbing those objectives. Yeah. Yeah. See? Excellent. Well, those two units seem singularly terrifying. 
And then there's the unit which Games Workshop didn't know how to spell for a while, I believe, <laughs> which was uh, quite amusing. So I saw lots of arguments <laughs> online about people saying, no, you spell it this way, you're wrong. And then various people putting up various pictures of being like, well, who knows what it's going on? So, Mike, can you tell us more and how to pronounce the unit you know I'm referring to? Eradicate again. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, we'll start with the judiciaire. It's definitely judiciaire. So, yeah? yeah, I think so. Probably, I don't know. So, Go French with it? Is a nice judiciaire? Maybe? Yeah, like... maybe. I don't know. I don't Who know. knows? Judiciaire, whatever. Anyway, he's a nice little character assassin, essentially. He's not on his own without one or two of those special rules. He'd just be a unit you might include sometimes. Um, he takes up an elite slot, so you're not, you know, spending character slots and HQ slots, which are quite rare now. You're trying to minimise the number of detachments you take on something that doesn't do anything apart from kill things, which is nice. I mean, on his own, he's got, you know, a strength 7, AP minus 3, 2 damage sword with 5 attacks on a charge. He could fight twice for a 3, three CP. That's yeah. decent. Uh, definitely fine. But the reason he's actually good is because of his little hourglass he's got on his waist. On nice. his, uh, in his hand, that temper mortis. And it says, at the start of each fight phase, select one enemy unit within six inches of this model. That unit cannot fight until all other eligible units have done so that phase. Nice. Now, if obviously you make a charge into a unit, you know, would normally be a devastating combat unit, for example. So if you're running, I don't know, let's think of combat armies, custodies, for example, and you um, <laughs> try and make how, a charge. How strange. <laughs> into say the blade card or terminators which we'll come back to later yeah. or into you know some concerning unit which you want to get rid of aggressors let's say and then he stood next to them he can make the aggressors hit first which means half your custodian unit is dead yeah that's not great um i don't really want to fight that that's no. not at all. So snipers are the only answer I've got to that. I, don't, I mean, he's got a three plus save and he's only got an in-run save in combat. But yeah. that's actually quite devastating to any armies that rely mainly on charges. So yeah. you'll see that actually taken within a lot of the top performing marine lists at the moment because it's just very, very powerful, isn't it? Yeah, maybe try and get a Vindicare on that from the Garth perspective. Well, the problem with Vindicare now, isn't it, is that it can't... Yeah. It can't stand at the back and be hidden because of the new character targeting rules. But which is very irritating. Very annoying, yeah. But just, uh, just go all in with an Eversa. <laughs> I don't think it kills it. I'm sorry. It's not, it's really, it's I, not I, an easy answer for you, mate. I'm sorry. No, I just love that model and I love the law behind it. Just, just, just goals for life, really, right there. But that, maybe that's too much for this podcast. But anyway, <laughs> excellent. So those three units seem like thoroughly disconcerting for everyone else. Yeah. And then, of course, the one last unit, which you will see in, I think, every one of the lists we're going to talk about in a minute, which yes. is the Eradicator. Yes. Sigh. So, Eradicator, <laughs> you. Um, melter guns are getting a bit of an overhaul in general, which is great, right? They're changing how the damage rolls work. So, within half range, instead of being 2d6, choose the highest, they're going to be uh, d6 plus 2 damage which is super powerful. That's actually, on average, I think it's like one or two more damage per shot on average, which yeah. is good. And then you take that and you give it to a squad of eradicators. Yeah. And they've each got a 24-inch range assault one uh, melter gun. So they could outflank. So flanking, again, is really important. It's sort of what allows some of these units to work. Yeah. 
and you can outflank three of these units for two CP. And each of them, squad has got three melter guns, essentially, but 12-inch range will be your half range, so actually it's quite possible to do that, since you're very nine inches away from your flank, and you've got a bit. Yeah. And you, um, you can shoot twice, because... Because obviously. Why not? You can shoot yeah. twice, you can target the same target with each gun, and I'm like, well, yes, okay. So you do that, and then, you know, that's six, strength eight, AP minus four, D6 plus two damage shots. Um, which, if you are a salamander and it's turn two or turn three, which if you're thinking <laughs> them it will be, yes. then, um, then they're going to be plus one to wound. That's already very good. And then the salamanders make it better. They do. And then, of course, there'll be AP minus five, which you don't need, but you will have. <laughs> it's a tactical doctrine. So, yeah, there's a, and of course, they'll be able to hit if you've got a, a chapter master nearby, which you can probably engineer. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of play there. Even just, again, this small unit, which is quite tough because they're toughness five with three wounds each that can sit on an objective, but sitting on an objective whilst melting some big tasty target is quite good. Yeah, just anything that comes near is going to suffer a lot of damage very quickly, isn't it? Yeah. So what I've said there about Melter Rule is what it's going to be. I must just clarify that. It's currently yeah, yeah. She's the highest, but... As I say, all melters in a couple of weeks when the next coach releases will be going to D6 plus 2, so it's going to be quite a big change for them. Even yeah. More that is very interesting. I suppose talking about the salamanders there takes us nicely into what the salamanders can do in this latest iteration of what Space Marines are able to do in this new period. Yeah, so in the new edition, it's sort of flipped a bit. So as I say, Iron Hands were most dominant last edition by mm. a country mile. Um, Imperial Fists were sort of slightly behind, but when they changed doctrines, so to say that you had to advance through the doctrines each turn. Yeah, which does make a lot of sense. That's a that's a good change, really, isn't it? Yeah, From reading I mean, their reasoning why earlier, that does that does really make sense because otherwise, it, the, the list they were talking about that were coming out of just staying in one tactical doctrine sound truly horrendous to play against. Yeah, well, absolutely. You could stay in devastated doctrine all game with those, and there was no reason to advance because that's when they got a special bonus. So why would you? It was mm. quite funny actually. I think there was a lot of internet reaction at the time. It was like, why did you expect people would advance out of a doctrine which is good on their own? <laughs> why? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Anyway, so that was sort of an indirect buff to all the ones which had uh, tactical doctrine or assault doctrine. Super doctrines, the extra benefits yeah. they got from the chapter, and a bit of a nerf to those which had devastated doctrine, super doctrines. So that was the Imperial Fists and also, of course, the Iron Hands. So Salamanders had a tactical doctrine one. So Salamanders, on their own, their special rules were that they ignore AP minus one uh, for all the for all the units, and they can also re-roll a single hit roll and re-roll a single wound roll for each unit that attacks whenever it makes an attack. Now. You saw that, you're starting to see that kind of often, but you're also starting to see more successes salamanders, which you might have noticed here as well. So the successes traits, you still get to keep your super doctrines if you choose those instead. So if you want something else, you can pick it. Nice. And everyone has takes, tends to take two of them. And mm-hmm. one is the master artisans. So that's reroll one hit and one moon roll, which you'll notice is actually is half the salamanders trait to begin with. Yes. But as the second half, they take stealthy. And stealthy is essentially half of the Raven Guard trait. It means that when you're resolving an attack with a ranged weapon against that unit, if the shooting model is more than 12 inches away, you get the benefit of cover, so you have plus one to your save. So stealthy artisans is quite a, a common phrase that gets bandied about. So a lot of these lists you'll find are stealthy artisans. 
Um, I do hope in the new codex we have abandoned that. And there are some signs they have because salamanders we now know in the new codex are going to be reroll one wound roll, but not one of the hit rolls. So nice. it just makes things a bit too accurate, honestly. Very silly on things like Thunderfire cannons where, you know, they're BS2, they can reroll one of the hit rolls, you're going to therefore hit with all your shots almost. Yeah. And then you're going to reroll one of your wound rolls, but you're rerolling ones anyway because you've got a lieutenant nearby or something. You're like, well, I reroll all the ones and one of the twos, and now they all hit and they're all wound. And then you take, you know, your 15 saves or whatever it is. So, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that specific interaction is maybe going away which is uh, not a bad thing yeah that, that 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 is good it's just whether they're still balancing the other elements of the salamanders game yeah well we'll have to see right so they've also it's not just that they have salamanders power right it's uh, super doctrine which is in the tactical doctrine which you can have turn two and also turn three if you'd like you get nice. plus to wound with flame and flamer sorry and melter weapons so obviously any list built around those are going to be doing better and since You've now got Primaris versions of Melter Weapons, which are quite good. Yeah. You don't want, might want to lean into that more. And we know more of those are actually coming with the new Storm Speeder and with some of the other new units. Yeah. So let's have a look then, Hugh, at the lists, I think, from Flying Monkey Con. So that was a GT. It was one of the bit it was the biggest GT held at that point yet. Yeah. Uh, ninth edition. And it was won by a Salamanders successor chapter, and actually second nice. place was pure Salamanders. So yeah. You get an idea from that that actually this is quite a good list built, essentially. Yeah. And, and what I'm already sh- seeing looking at that is the number of Blade Guard squads there already, from what you were saying earlier. It just seems yeah. to be an auto-include. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> a lot of these lists seem to lean very, very... He- a lot of the Space Marine lists we're going to talk about today lean very heavily into sort of similar units, but how they use them will differ, yeah. by time, essentially. So we'll just break it down. It's got a captain on bike. It's got a Primaris Lieutenant. That Captain on bike has got some very fun Warlord traits. So mm. you can take two Warlord traits on a single dude if you'd like to a Space Marines. And this one has, of course. So this one has taken the uh, Salamander's Mantle, which gives him plus two toughness. So he's toughness seven. Nice. Which is nice to start with. And then they also took one which allows you to pick a unit within six inches of him and make it objective secured, essentially, for that turn. Okay. And that's super powerful, actually. Again, this addition where you're mainly trying to hold objectives. To yeah, be able that's to very say, useful. I don't know, that this captain himself is objective secured, and now he's holding this over your elite squad that's attacking him or whatever else. That's really strong. Lieutenant, again, he's just reroll once to wound aura. You've got three scout squads. Scout squads, incursors, infiltrators, all these units which forward deploy are really powerful, again, in the new edition, because if you're on those objectives turn one, You've applied that forward pressure, right? You've made the opponent have to take the initiative to come to you because yeah. otherwise you're going to score f- five or 10 or 15 even on the primary t- second turn unless you're even. And then he backs that up with, he's got three units of Blagar veterans. So again, that three by three is what we talked about. They can outflank if they wanted to. They could walk up the board slowly if they really want to. They can just hide in those black objectives because they're quite tough and hard to remove. They can do lots of options. And then you've also got aggressors now. Aggressors are, again, three wound units, three wound models they are in these units. So you've got, again, here you've got a lot of bodies with three wounds and three up save, which yeah. you know from minus one, so they're kind of hard to remove. But then you've got the Flamestorm Gauntlets on these, on three of these aggressors, and then another unit of three with the Bolters instead. Yeah. So in Salamanders, <laughs> in Salamanders, those Flamestorm Gauntlets, can you can just make them do max shots for a CP. Nice. Which is good. Which you just um, would, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, sure. On this particular list, he's taken long range marksman. So long range marksman is a successor trait, which gives you plus three inch to your range. So whereas their nine inches range normally at these flamers, they're now 12 inches. That's now big. that's going to be the default range in the future for all flamers. Yeah. We now know that for the next code coming out. But here he's doing that so we can actually come in from the edge and then flame, right? So you can outflank them, yeah. come in. They're going to get 2d6 shots each of the flamers, but actually now it's going to be 12 shots each. Yeah. And then you can double fire over the grasses if they remain stationary. Nice. So there's a 1cp strat, of course, in Salamanders to say you remain stationary even if you moved or came in from reserve. Yeah. So you spend that, and then you're... These three dudes in a 120-point squad are putting out 72 flamer shots at AP minus one. Yeah. Which also hit. So, I yeah. mean, 72 auto hitting shots at four minus one AP will roast a lot of things, actually, it turns out. Yeah, no, they're going Push to. things off That's and get quite nicely. And similarly for the aggressors with the bolt storm, right, you can do that same sort of thing. You can outflank them, pretend they've not moved for a CP, and then yeah. dacker everything off if you want to. So that gives them some really nice horde clearing potential because actually hordes the tradition, though people sort of initially thought they might be dead, it turns out they're actually extremely strong and that's why they nerfed them. Yeah. So you need those probably if orcs show up or if you know you're swarmed by nerglings. So that's very really useful for that. But even as we said before, that will clear off light vehicles quite easily actually too. Yeah. So you've got that. You've got your blade guard, which are also doing similarly, and they're quite hard to remove and they're. You know, if you even leave one or two left in the squad, you need to kill the one or two, you know, they're still going to be able to kill things quite nicely. You've also got a strat in Salamanders, which will be used on all these, I guess. It'll be used once per turn anyway for a CP to get plus one to wound, either in shooting or in melee. You can even <laughs> use this twice a turn, either on your aggressors if they shoot and then charge, because they've got power fists, remember, or on your blade guard, which are then going to be, you know, strength five plus one to wound, which is wounding anything in the game on fours. But unless it's toughness 10, I guess, in which case you're attacking a fortification. So whatever. <laughs> um, but anything in the game practically is being wounded on fours and mostly on twos or threes. Um, or if you're flamers, and again, that's me and your strength four flamers are wounding toughness seven vehicles on fours, which is most vehicles in the game. Yeah, it's at this point when you've got these well they're more than infantry units but they're taking out tanks which is just seems to be what the marines are going to be very good at going forward it's having this capacity to be very effective against whatever they're shooting at which is very yeah. different to what lots of armies <laughs> historically were able to do but the Absolutely. lots of marine units can do lots of damage against lots of different things you don't necessarily have to think too carefully about what is a good matchup for what Absolutely. And then he's also got his Outriders, which again, as we said before, are really good for his scoring engagement on fronts. So that's uh, one of those secondaries which is very commonly taken by this style list because it's something you can control. And then you've got, lastly, to eradicate a squad, which again, he'll outflank. Actually, I listened to an interview with the guy who ran this list and he was saying how he outflanked almost half the army in most <laughs> games because he can outflank his aggressors, he can outflank his eradicators. It costs like four or five CP to outflank everything, but then they can come in where he wants from the edges and you know, really control the board and dictate yeah. terms to the enemy. And then lastly, he's got a drop pod with a Devastator squad in it. So a Devastator <laughs> squad's got four Grav Cannons. Now this was yeah. something I saw a lot in 7th edition, actually, really. And then towards the end of 8th edition as well, the drop Grav pod became quite common. So drop pods, unique out of everything in the game, I think, actually, can deep yeah. strike turn 1. 
because they're just really cool mike like what more reason do you need yeah yeah and then the grav guys drop out and then they've got four grav cannons which are four shots each under strength five ap minus three one damage or if you've got a three plus save or better they're d3 damage now what actually makes them work is you've got a one cp strat of course in the space marine codex to let you re-roll to wound and re-roll the damage roll for them and then if you combine that with your plus one to wound from salamanders and then they stick a chapter master nearby to re-roll all hit rolls that becomes vicious yeah um, and we'll delete any one unit essentially you target out <laughs> unless it's custodians because we can deny re-rolls so that's nice yeah well that takes nicely onto another question for you which is how cp intensive do you think the salamanders are going to be because you're talking about oh they can do this for a cp they can do that and i know with your custodies you feel that they work really well turn one and turn two but by turn three and onward you're beginning to run out of command points do you think this is going to be an issue that they're going to face as well or is it not going to be as severe for the salamanders so what they're starting with is 12 cp because it's a single battalion right yeah. And then they've spent two pre-game uh, for a Master Artisans to get an extra relic on one of the sergeants, and trust the Prometheus to again take an extra relic from the uh, Salamander's book directly. So they've got 10 there, and then he's probably outflanking maybe 30 power level of stuff just below, so that'll cost 3 CP, so he's going to end up with like 5 from the actual game. Yeah. And all these units are so efficient in themselves that that 5 CP spent, you know, one turn on plus one to wound. Nice. is probably enough um and realistically they only really need this alpha strike to then um, have nuked a quarter of an army and then they yeah. can put on with the dribble, dribble of cp that one cp extra turn per turn you get in the command phase nice. to uh, to dominate nice nice yeah, cool so yeah they'll be able to do what you want them to do without eating through all your command points then which is quite nice for salamanders absolutely yeah really powerful Excellent. and then um yeah yeah it's really good and then, of course, you've also got the pure Salamanders list, which came in second, right? So you will see, Hugh, that it's actually got Eradicators in it as well, weirdly. And yeah. It's also got lots of Aggressors with Flamers. <laughs> and it's also got uh, a Devastator Squad with Grav Cannons. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost if these things are quite good. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the two extra things it takes which are really interesting are the special characters from the Space Marine book. Yeah. And it also takes a unit of Infiltrators, actually, which I which is good for denying deep strikes. And then it takes a special unit from Forge Roll called the Landspeeder Tempest. So yeah. special characters, we'll start with those because they're quite cool and will stay in the game as is. Yes. So you've got Vulcan Heastan, and he's got a nice special rule, which is you can re-roll all hit rolls and wound rolls for flamer and melter weapons within six inches of him. Nice. So obviously if you combine him with the Eradicators and the natural plus one to wound in Tactical Doctrine, then you're going to be having a good time there, really. And you've then got Adrax Agatone, who gives a plus one to wound aura in melee. So you don't even have to spend the CP there. Him and his blade guard can go up in an impulsor and go and stab things, which is nice. Yeah. Just, yeah. just generally really good. So you've sacrificed there having that plus three inch range on the flamer weapons, and you've instead gained the access to these rerolls. So much or much, really, either way. Yeah, they're um, both strong options to roll with. Yeah, it's not like one really is obviously strong. better than the other. Absolutely, yeah. And then, of course, you've got... Oh, the Landsphere Tempest, which will not be in the game as is very long. This is a relic, <laughs> essentially, of the uh, very early rules of the of 8th edition. So, yeah. base, it's got a 15-inch move. Great. Pretty good. But when it advances, it can move 20 to 35 inches, just randomly. 
so you can grab a table quarter. <laughs> That's <And> nice. <laughs> they're then minus one to hit and can only be charged by units that can fly in the fight phase. What? Random. <laughs> Random, that's, just that's, entirely random. That's, that's crazy good. <laughs> it's six, it's uh, 60 points base, and then the assault gun is 20, so it's like 80 points. Yeah, that's really cheap as yeah, well. Very cheap, and like that again is just securing engaging all fronts turn one or something similar. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Very that's funny. So very yeah, that, that that's not going to hang around for long, is it? <laughs> no, it won't hang around for long, but it will get you that that point so then you can max out your secondary there and again as we've said previously on our podcast actually maxing secondaries is kind of rare so being able to do it every game for one of your secondaries because you've got these movement pieces is yeah um and actually a guy who's running a very similar list in the uk reckoned he'd actually scored a perfect like 100 points at the last gt went to on four of his five games nice because you could guarantee these secondaries so again that's just really powerful isn't it it's all about the secondaries, isn't it? Well, if you're, you know, tying on primary roast games, then yeah. Yeah. Be. You can edge yeah. it. You can properly edge it. So yeah, Salamanders sound very strong right now and uh, a good option for anyone who's thinking about starting a Marines army. Definitely. And actually, uh, Benedict, who was on this podcast recently, is making strong noises about starting Salamanders. Excellent. Because he's churning through those Necrons that he's working on as well. Absolutely, isn't it? yeah. So, it's only a matter of time. Well, as we've discussed, right, it, buying Indomitus is a perfect starting point because you want every single unit in that box. Yeah, yeah. So as if Indomitus wasn't already popular enough, it's got the Conscript's Corner seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> An accolade we don't bestow regularly. So yeah, we've also seen, of course, some lists do well that are not pure Salamanders, but Salamanders plus another chapter, so Salamanders plus Imperial Fifths, or Salamanders plus White Scars. And White Scars are kind of the other army from marines that looks set to do particularly well this edition yeah that is it's going to be interesting going forward seeing that kind of rise because obviously iron hands just used to dominate and it will be interesting seeing a different kind of marine coming forward although obviously if it's still like a marine meta that's going to be quite irritating for all the non-marine players out there absolutely so i mean marines have definitely gone in a more close combat sort of facing direction right now i think that's because close combat itself is definitely stronger this edition yeah because you've got you've got to be close to those objectives anyway right and therefore if you're trying to kick someone off an objective you really want to be able to punch them in the face quite hard yeah and the board is smaller as well right so yeah your assaulting units are going to be more effective because they're going to more likely be within range of people Absolutely. So, and to that end, we had the first major, I think, actually, of ninth edition, which was the Iron Halo GT. Yeah. Um, so that was over 100 players, which is maybe a low vice, but looks very, very fun. <laughs> so, yeah. No comment there, Mike. No, no comment. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Iron Halo saw John Lennon romp home. So John Lennon's an extremely good player. He was one of those players who took Iron Hands actually to Las Vegas and came in the top eight. So, you know, exceptionally good player. I think he came third or fourth overall in the ICT last year. So, you know, but he took White Scars, right? And a player like that doesn't take an army they're not convinced is going to win them the tournament. Yeah. Now, White Scars are, again, a combat-focused army. Well, I say again, Sally's a sort of an army that can do both, right? Yeah. White scars are very much we're going to run at you and we might have a few like shooty elements in the back, but mainly we're going to run at you quite quickly and then we're going to yeah. slash stab you at close range. 
Now, this list, which again just won the first, first big major we've seen, had in it, let's just run through quickly, a captain, you know, he had the Teeth of Terror, which is a relic chainsaw from Space Marine Codex, gives you plus one strength, plus a few attacks. So nice. a nice or budget smash captain. He had the improved sword warlord trait, so that gives him another attack and another strength. So again, quite a lot of beat stick there. He also has a chaplain, and our chaplain has a couple of really key litanies. So number one is the resetation of focus, and that allows you to add plus one to the hit rolls of attacks. So that's going to let you choose your blade guard, for example, you might be running with this, and you make them hit on twos instead, which is super powerful to start with. He's then got the Canticle of Hate, and Canticle of Hate is add two to charge rolls for mm. friendly chapter units within six inches of this model. So if you've then got loads of blade guard, they're going to be able to get in quite quickly. Yes. And since you are white scars, you can advance and charge with all the models from your army and nice. also fall back and charge again. Yeah. So that adds up to quite a powerful buffer overall. And then you've got Kosaro Khan, who, you know, they got a lovely new model uh, in in the last wave of releases Marines. Yeah. And Saro Khan has another, another cool aura of plus one to wound for all all white scar units within uh, within six inches of him as well. So all that adds up to some quite vicious melee prize. And he's paired this with an intercessor squad who assume they sit back and just sit mid-board and hold objectives. They've got the auto bolt rifles, so for one CP they can auto hit those bolt rifles. A couple of scout squads, as we said before, forward deploy and hold the midboard again, early game. And then two blade guard squads, which can fit in one of his impulses. And the Judiciar, which, as we might have said, the Judiciar is going to stop people counter-attacking him in melee. Yeah. Then the Outriders again, so he can, since he's white scars, go 20 inches, hold those quarters. Oh. An Inceptor squad, which can drop in and then exterminate things with plasma. So they've, they've each got 2d3 plasma shots, Yeah. which is quite good, especially if you give them plus one to hit from your chaplain. So yeah. then they can't melt themselves, which is always appreciated. And then he's actually got a couple of Devastator squads with those grav cannons, so two of those now, but they can fit in a rhino instead. Yes. And because they're white scars, you can spend a CP to jump out that rhino and still shoot. And yeah. another CP to make their heavy weapons assault weapons, so there's no negative to hit. <laughs> so again, all this adds up to quite a nice package. There's also a couple of land speeder storms, which are going to be used in a similar sort of role to grab table quarters, and generally yeah. not be that threatening. So like, sure, he's scoring table quarters with those, and that'll be a couple of victory points a turn. But are you going to shoot them, or you know, the Devastator squad, which is next to you, and each time it shoots, will eliminate you know a quarter of your army? Or the Blade Guard vets, which are going to start stabbing you on turn three. And when they do, they're going to be stabbing you, since they're white scars, with plus one damage. Yeah, um, well, this is it. And then the Judiciar's next to him, so you can't charge them. Yeah, I mean, in this list here, you can see how there are just so many things that can do so much damage and cause huge problems for you that you're going to have to shoot what is coming at you. That's what you've got to deal with. You can't really expend time worrying about the land speeders in the table quarters which is very interesting and that's the way you want to do it because you're forcing your opponent to play the game that you want to play it's exactly that and i mean since he's got the litany of hate on that chaplain he can even outflank those blade guard if he wants and then plus two to charge you're talking a seven inch charge and you can spend stratagem uh, some cp with white scars again to give you a reroll to charge for the first unit charge in that turn yeah so together you're going to get a rerollable seven inch charge and if you even wanted to you can have a second unit um, for another CP, roll 3d6 charge to choose the two highest dice. Yeah. 
So again, they're going to get in if you want them to. You're going to have Kasaro Khan with them, so he's they're in his aura, so we're going to be plus one to wound. You're going to be able to, if you're quite a high-skilled player, manage all this in such a way that it's there's no one piece if opponent can pick on to just you know nuke the army. Is every little thing sort of works in concert as a death by a thousand cuts rather than one sledgehammer blow. Yeah. No, that's a very interesting list there. I mean, you can, you can see why it won looking at it, can't you? I mean, obviously yeah. it needs to be played excellently as well, which I'm sure it was. That's the it's, thing. It's quite it's quite nice because it's not it's not like, you know, that three triple repulse sorry in hand list we talked about previously. Yeah. It's a high skill list, which in the hands of somebody as good is gonna all come together in a really nice way. But if there's mistakes made, any good player that sees that can probably pick the army apart. So it's actually quite a quite an interesting list, yeah. Yeah, no, that is fascinating. So, in terms of those two armies, then, which one would you be leaning towards as being kind of stronger, the uh, White Scars or the Salamanders at this oh, point? Oh, well, that's a very good question. I mean, I would. It depends what they're facing. Oh, okay. Right. It's a it's it's a cop out answer, but uh, it is, but a, right it is one, a cop out sure. answer. But so, for example, right, the other top meta armies at the minute, you're really talking about. Um, Sisters, you're talking Admech, you're talking Custodians, you're talking Death Guard, right? Yeah. And if you've, against Death Guard, for example, they've got a character which can um, make you fight as if you didn't charge, essentially yeah. within the seven-inch aura of him. So if you've got these big Death Guard melee blobs, if you're this White Scars player, you're now no longer able to charge them, mm. right? So you're only really going to be able to deal much damage to them with these grab cannons, and whilst you're trying to deal damage to them, they're going to be picking off the graph cannons because actually they're quite squishy units. I mean, currently, yeah. they're only a one, one wound per model, right? They will have two soon, but right now. Um, and once that's picked off, or if you pick off their rhino early on so they can't get up the board, yeah. then you might have problems versus a list like this. Um, whereas the, the list we just saw from uh, Salamanders has got more options to sort of play that game and outflank them. Uh, okay. Make something objective secured so it can hold an objective over, say, some Death Guard Terminators where it wouldn't normally, or options like that. Yes. So, versus that kind of list, sure, that's better. Versus, I don't know, the Custodes list, I would be more concerned about the, uh, probably about the White Scars, actually, because le- that list is sort of less reliant on rerolls to hit and wound, okay. which you can turn off. Um, and it's also got a very heavy melee threat, which is probably more dangerous actually in melee on the charge than miners. Oh really? Yeah. And therefore and and therefore that's going to be dominating the midboard as well quite nicely. And since that threat, unlike mine, is distributed in like five or six different melee units rather than one or two, that's quite difficult to pick off. Yeah. So and again, by contrast, a lot of the Shooting from a case, for example, is obviously a very low shot number. And if I've got a four-up invul on most things versus, you know, these five or six shots, I'm not as worried. Whereas if I'm trying to take, make four-up invul saves against, you know, 20 hits in melee, I'm going to stop failing them. So I I think versus that list, I'd be more concerned about white scars. And then, again, if you were looking at sisters, sisters, you, a lot of the common sisters lists sort of ignore AP-1 and 2. Yeah. So if, you've, if you're trying to nuke those with salamanders and you're trying to nuke them with your aggressors with the uh, 8 minus one bolter shots, if you're in cover as a sisters player, 
and ignoring it from Mars World 2, you've got two plus saves. So you don't care. <laughs> Whereas the Scars list is going to come into combat and destroy them. Yeah. Um, but the counterplay to that will be a Bloody Rose Sisters list, which is about as good as me- in melee as this White Scars list and would probably nuke that, uh, that White Scars list if it got the chance to attack first. Yeah. So it's they're both very very good it's like it's probably a similar situation to when we had the you know really good iron hands list and the really good um raven guard list at the start of the year okay are top tier honestly it'll depend and on strong it'll depend on the list it'll depend on the opponent yeah yeah it'll depend on the board it'll depend on lots of things yeah depends on how just, you play them yeah 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 marvellous marvellous so obviously those two are excellent what other issues with marines like what other chapters are going to be causing issues or causing a stir going forward do you think then mike well you know how i said imperial fists got nuked yes um yeah they came second in the gt in brisbane um quite a big gt in brisbane so they've dropped a whole place a whole place yeah and essentially the list just leans really you know how you know, they can no longer do their big turn while for strike as well because obviously the board short yeah. things come to them if they get first turn, they might be in trouble. And then they only get their devastated doctrine, super doctrine for turn one, and that is that you get plus one damage versus vehicles for the turn, yes. which is huge. Um well instead what they've done is they've leaned they've lent with this list into everything that's really mobile. So you've got Invictor War suits which can scout, so therefore they're gonna be up the board first turn and they're able to see things at angles. You've got a devastated squad again in a uh, drop pod so again that's gonna be on the board turn one you've got eradicator squads which you cannot flank at we turn two obviously but sure whatever you've got a thunderfire cannon which can shoot out of line of sight so that'll be at the back and again turn one getting its bonus <laughs> and you've got a couple of storm talon gunships which will round up the board turn one because they're flyers and again yeah. it's all the heavy weapons and now they're not minus one to hit from moving they'll be hitting on twos versus non-fly targets yeah so all that adds up to essentially a really heavy alpha strike and then they've got enough stuff with, you know, Invictor War seats aren't exactly easy to kill. They're not particularly tough, but they're not easy to kill either. And then you've got yeah. Intercessors as well. And all that will sort of move up and hold mid-board. And you've got beta strike threats from the Eradicators later on. So, again, it's just another style of threat saturation list, which can uh, hold the mid-board essentially and do some real damage early on. Definitely. So Imperial Fist is still up there. <clears throat> Imperial Fist is still up there, apparently, yeah. And you've seen, nice. as I say, a couple of people who've allied them into other... Uh, other factions so maybe white scars so you've got that early shooting presence obviously i don't get the super doctrine but there's some of the stratagems as well that you do that they also ignore cover with all their units so again that lets you have a really powerful shooting and combine that with say the white scars blade cards you've got a real force to be reckoned with that's marvelous that is marvelous i mean it's just exciting seeing how these different marines armies are now going to play because you can do totally different things with the different units and different bonuses and buffs that you get for different types of marine and that's just very exciting isn't it absolutely i mean most exciting of all i think probably was so you know that iron halo duty i said about this weekend which john lennon won with his white scars oh yeah second place was um was black templars oh really yeah um black templars are not an army i've thought about since they're not an army I've thought about. So, Black Tempers... <laughs> How very dropped, mean. <laughs> they dropped and didn't make much of a splash, right? Like, yeah. they had a few good rules. Like, they've got some nice stratagems, one or two, which um, help them deny psychic, even though they're no psychers. One or two, which give them bonuses for jumping out of a land radar and things like that. Things just, just didn't matter last edition particularly. Yeah. Um, and then, 
they seem to have nearly won a GT here, which amazes yeah. even, which implies that they might have some tricks up their sleeves. So yeah. this list, you, it's got High Marshal Halbrecht himself, um, yes. which is cool. You've got a Primaris Chaplain, and I hadn't realised this, but Black Templars actually got their own um, litany tree, where they've got things like Litany of Divine Protection, where they can give a five plus fill they paint to any one unit they want, which is that's amazing. Quite yeah, nice, yeah. actually. Yeah, especially on you know two wound two wound models, as any Death Guard player can tell you, he's very excited for a couple of weeks, couple of months' time when they might change on their on on yeah. their Death Guard and their Plague Marines because two wounds. Yeah. And then they've got um, you know, the ability again to reroll hits in melee, uh, which is which is just pretty nice, really. Um, then he's got a a Primaris Lieutenant, which again we all wants to wound, and he can expand his aura, so he's actually a nine inch aura, which is nice. And then the new Assault Intercessors, which we haven't talked about from uh, from Indomitus. So yeah. you know uh, they a unit of five lines with chainsaws, and then again the AP minus one or AP minus two in Assault Doctrine, which is what they're aiming for anyway, because uh, Black Templar's Super Doctrine was that from turn three onwards, so in their Assault Doctrine, they get each six to hit in melee auto wounds <laughs> which when you've got volume of low da- low strength attacks actually becomes very very dangerous obviously yeah, then he's taking an incursor squad an intercessor squad some aggressors as we've seen they're all stars some blade guard veterans a cenobite servitor squad which again i had to look up because this is not a thing anyone's ever taken but yeah. essentially it's just a very cheap unit i think if you probably used to uh, set on the back objectives somewhere and say there's three lights yeah. here. You can remove it if you've got indirect fire, sure. But if not, they're going to sit there all game and get me five points, which is nice. Yeah. And then a primary apothecary, who's a chief apothecary, so he gives a six plus feel no pain and awe around him. Yeah. And then um, we'll save a less interesting bit first. He's got his four grav cannons in a drop pod. Yeah. Um, which we know are good. Pods, which we've is all, very we've, all, we've already seen them a lot, haven't we? Yeah, they do the job. They're just good, aren't they? Yeah. And then you've got a unit of 10 Assault Terminators, <laughs> which all have Thunder Hammers and Storm Shields, which is very exciting. Yeah. I, I mean, look, it's a 425-point squad. It's huge. And it's like Bordery and Custodian squad points cost that. Yeah. But having said that, 10 Terminators dropping in with a, uh, you know, Thunder Hammers and Storm Shields, yeah. So currently a three plus one save and a two plus save, and then giving them a five plus feel no pain is quite good actually. Yeah, it's just vicious, isn't it? Yeah, well, absolutely vicious. They're gonna clean it's, up. It's just overkill. Like if you drop that in the center of the board, I don't really know what removes it quickly. There's not anything that removes it quickly, especially not in combat. Yeah. Because if you try in combat, then you're gonna be in trouble. And all yeah. the generic marine strategies, so things like transhuman physiology, will stop them dying. Yeah. Anyway. Well, they're doing a similar job to what I use the Bulgrin for with my guard, but better, right? Like. Yeah, very comparably, right? So they've got a 2 plus save and a 3 plus invun like your Bulgrin might have. Yeah. Um, they've only got two wounds, but instead they've got a 5 plus feel no pain, which yeah. essentially means they have one and a half times the wounds they normally have. So, yeah, about three wounds like Bulgrin. But then yeah. they've got, you know, strength 8 attacks with AP minus 3 and 3 damage. They yeah. hit, I'm not hitting particularly well, but then re rolls a hit with your chaplain. Yeah. That's quite good. Um, and if that's, as I say, sat mid-board and there's maybe five objectives and they're holding in the middle of one or two of them, then they're sort of daring you to come close 
Yeah, and holding the mid board, especially with this smaller board, is going to be so important as well oh, because right. it's drawing people into you. If you can control that area, you're going to be able to again dictate the pace of play. Absolutely, and that's all, what this edition's all about. I mean, even if they die to a man, if they've held that mid board for like two or three turns, they've probably guaranteed you, you know, hold more on the primary for two turns, yeah. which is probably meaning you've won, honestly. Yeah. That's often the swing. So yeah. Excellent. But again, that's another unit which is going to change massively in a few weeks, where the Storm Shields become a 4 plus invun, but they have essentially a 1 plus armor save, so ignoring 8 minus 1. It's a bit of a taking, and it takes some, but it gains some too. Yeah. Um, but most importantly, they're going to 3 wounds a model. Yeah. Which is big. If they it don't change big. too much in points, they're going to be horrendous with the 5 plus fill their pain. Yeah. It's just going to be so hard to shift them, isn't it? Well, yeah, so 5 plus fill and pain essentially means it takes one and a half times a shot you'd normally expect to kill them. Yeah. So you're, you know, on a two-wound model, that's three wounds, but on a three-wound model, that's four and a half wounds. Like, a four and a half-wound model is not, with a four plus in one save, it's quite hard to remove. Yeah, yeah. As you said just now, they're challenging you to fight them. They're challenging you to come and, like, pour fire onto that. And if you're shooting them, you're not shooting other units. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. I mean, you've got outflanking aggressors or blade guards. You've got a Devastator squad who's dropped in and is blasting you with grab cannons. You've got those assault intercessors and the intercessor squad and intercessor squad holding objectives and being a general nuisance. It's a, it's a lot. Yeah. 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 No, that is a lot. So... Obviously, Black Templars are looking fun then, and uh, that unit especially is looking very fun. Anything else then for the Space Marines, or do you think that's mostly covered? That's mostly covered. I think, I mean, look, there's still Iron Hands builds that are good, I think. So, yeah. I mean, mass infantry spam with a 5 plus Invon save from Feros, and then yeah. a 5 plus Feel No Pain from uh, from the um, Chief Apothecary is yeah. still very good, right? Like lots of two wound models with a five plus invun and a five plus fill no pain is good. Ask a Death Guard player again, that's a thing. Yeah. So, you know, taking like 60 of those as a core and then having these shooting elements in the back or melee elements on the sides, it's probably very good still. It plays the mission quite well. Excellent. And I mean, Ultramarines are excellent too. They've got Mabuti Gilliman on their side, of course. So, how could yes. they not? <laughs> and then, of course, you've got the three other Marine armies we've not really talked about today. So, yeah. Because they need all their own time and their own podcast, really, don't they? Really do, yeah. They're entirely different armies, so there you are. Yeah, yeah. And this, as we said before, is the beauty of what Marines are going to look like in this edition, is they all do play very differently. Yeah, whilst you might see the same sort of units taken, they're going to each do different things in different armies, which is nice. It makes them sort of distinct, like in the, in the fluff, essentially. Let's yeah. just hope they're maybe not um, quite as powerful out of this gate with this codex as they were out the gate with the last. Yeah, definitely. We shall but see. they're probably still going to be top tier, do you think? Oh, 100%. Like, I'd look at all the new units that have come from Indomitus and then yeah. how they are everywhere and top tier. And then they're getting another like three or four new units very soon. They've got Storm Speeder, not Landspeeder. Um, yeah. And then they've got um, the multi-part kit of the Blade Guard. They've got the option now we're going to have to they're going to have the option now to give the Eradicator squad a multi-melter one per three, which is then adding another... Well, the multi-melter is now going to be two shots rather than one shot. So when they're shooting twice, that'll be four shots rather than the two. So an extra two shots per squad is decent. Uh, if it costs a couple of points, and that's... Yeah, you'll take that, won't you? And then you've also, of course, got... Um, gosh, 
the option to give Assault Intercessors Thunder Hammers is going to be a thing. And <laughs> Thunder Hammers are going to become four damage flat. So, yeah. Why not? Terrifying. Terrifying. And I suppose that fear leads me nicely onto my next and selfish question, which is counters in general. What are they going to be for these kind of armies and what are they going to be for the Guard or other forces in particular? Well, look, I mean, the thing that counters marines where they're going now is you need things that are flat two damage and flat three damage yeah that's two damage because intercessors exist still and they're going to be a mainstay still um flat three damage because well as we've seen they've got lots more of these gravis units so you've got the aggressors you've got the blade god which are three wounds as well you've got the eradicators which are in gravis and three wounds and you've also got heavy intercessors coming which we've not even touched on here no. but are going to be a mainstay for any of the more shooty focused armies. I imagine they'll be everywhere in Ultramarines. They'll be everywhere in, well, the everywhere in Iron Hands and Imperial Fists. And you may see them popping up in, well, definitely Dark Angels, but probably also in Salamanders, I guess. So again, three wound infantry are going to be their mainstay from now on, I would imagine. So things that cause three flat damage are going to be a premium. Um, Guard don't have loads of those. No, they do not. (laughs) But um, things with, high shot count and high damage are going to be your your go-to so i can see guard lists for example revolving around triple demolisher tank commander again yeah um, we're always good and you saw that was brutal versus custodies still yeah uh, when they get their shots still in. effective again, yeah yeah absolutely effective ap minus three is pretty perfect um yeah. tell you what is an interesting one that hasn't come for a while is i do wonder about for the guard the eradicator here yeah um do you remember what Eradicator does? I mean, it's not been a long time since I'd seen one. Is but, that the um, loads of Lehman Russ? Oh, sorry, is that the loads of Laz Cannon on a Lehman Russ? No, Eradicator is, is, um, is the Nova Cannon. It's not bad. So it's like, it's D6 shots, but it's, it sends strength 6, AP minus 2, and D3 damage. Yeah. Um, that's not bad at all, but it also ignores cover. So uh, stealth, stealthy is still a thing that might actually be quite good. I don't know. It might be worth thinking about. So things like that are worth worth talking about maybe in the future. But yeah. then you know, apart from that, the old mainstays of flat, flat three damage manticores and basilisks. Yeah. Very useful. Yeah. Um, and then plugging yeah. up had, with conscripts, mate. Yeah, I've had to flick through my codex to remember what an eradicator looks like because I don't think I've ever seen one fielded. <laughs> Because no, they, in all of my time playing guard, I mean they're a cool looking uh, turret on the Lehman Russ, but they've not really they've been, not been like, very useful. Seven, mate, so I wouldn't worry. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's interesting to see the blobs of conscripts coming back with the various buffs you can give them and saves from inquisitors and things like that. So that will be interesting going forward if we see that kind of horde thing you were discussing more. If more guard players want to go down that route. Well, look, I mean, if Marines are leaning so heavily into things that kill other heavy infantry, so you know. Thunder hammers and grav cannons and melty guns. Yeah. Then maybe the answer is to say, okay, well, here's 150 bodies. Yeah. Go crazy. Try and kill that. <laughs> you yeah. get like 20 shots a turn, 30 shots a turn, then you're not going to kill it over the course of the game, right? No. So that's an option for guard. Um, you might well see actually orcs doing similar and going back yeah. to the style. But you've also, of course, with orcs, got the really good speeder builds which are on the show, which are really cool. Yeah. We do um, need to chat about orcs at some point as well, because we've done a lot of talking about the Imperium armies, <laughs> mainly because you and I play them and the people we know play them. But we do need to have a discussion about the rest of the uh, Xenos out there, don't we? Uh, no (laughs) no absolutely we will and um i think next episode as we said previously we're going to talk about 
you know, the new Marine Codex is out in two weeks. We'll talk about what's actually changed and where we might see them going now. Definitely. So there's definitely more to say. I mean, they've got over 100 data sheets, so there's definitely more to say. But um, <laughs> hours are fun for you, Mike, scrolling through those. But then, of course, the next <laughs> are coming out very soon. We've just seen, actually, in the Warhammer community site today, some very exciting new revelations for them, so stay tuned for that. But then yeah. you'll see, you know, custodies are definitely capable of shifting three-wheel infantry. We've got some of the good forge options. I've got lots of flat three-damage guns. You've got the Palace, which is flat three-damage with its uh, with its little guns on the front. You've got yeah. the Telamon Dreadnought, which has got three-damage cannons. You've got the special forge wall bikers, which I'm actually just painting three of right now for... Excellent. Unknown reasons, but <laughs> which are you know two shots each and flat three damage as well at AP minus three and strength six, so perfect for removing those toughness five three plus save models. And then um, I don't know things like Death Guard are not going to have a problem because they're also going up a wound every model is, and they're going to be yeah. nice a and terrifying tough. prospect. And uh, sisters, I guess, are just going to just continue to throw Repentia at the problem and see if it goes away. Excellent. Excellent. So there are counters to these, even though they are very strong armies that we're going to see coming out of Marines list Definitely. in the future. They're Excellent. not currently the only top tier army, and I really hope that stays the case. You might even see yeah. another top tier army added to them with Necrons, but we'll see. Yeah, no, that will be interesting going forward. And it's an exciting time to be playing because you've got all these changes and none of us have anything better to do than keep focusing on 40k, especially as the long winter nights are drawing in. So Absolutely. it's a good time, good time to be a Warhammer fan, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Very good. Well, I suppose that covers what we want to get across to you today. If you've enjoyed Conscript's Corner, do feel free to listen to our backlog of episodes now. Recommend us to a friend. Like or subscribe on the various platforms that we stream on. Mike, do you want to run through how you can access the show? Absolutely. You can find us on Castbox. You can find us on Podbean. You can find us on Spotify or iTunes and most places you can find podcasts. Excellent. It's almost as if there's no excuse for you to not recommend us to everyone you know. And of course, Mike, you have your own things going on online as well, don't you? So remind people where they can find your painting. Yeah, thanks. You can find my painting on Wolf Wargaming, at Wolf Wargaming on Instagram. Excellent. And we can go over this again. One of your titans was called Nice by the official Games Workshop uh, Facebook uh, commentary. It was indeed. That was so. Yeah, very well. A proud moment for you there, Mike, and it shows it's it, it he's really rather good. <laughs> embarrassingly for me. But never mind. Anyway, excellent. We hope you've enjoyed the show. So it's goodbye from Mike. Bye. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.